Welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray. I have my incredible co-host with me, Drew Haskins. Hello. Joining us for episode six of season four, we have an insanely special guest, honestly, someone I've wanted to have on maybe since we started, social media strategist and culture writer, Peyton Dix. What's up? Hello. I... This is literally like the honor of my life. Like I can die happy now. This is the only thing I like to talk about. So yes. thank you so much for having me. I, <laughs> I knew you would have amazing takes. I, I can't wait to hear which girl you are, but we will save that question. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, we gotta get to the, a lot of other things first. We gotta get comfortable first before we get into all that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the first question we usually ask our guests is, how did you come to the show in the first place? Um, well, I remember watching it as it came out. Like, I think it came out when I was uh, cuspy of graduating high school and entering college. So, you know, I think that I like around 2012. Um, and I remember watching it live. I remember even one of my friends that lived with my mom in LA was watching it live with her. And I would be jealous that they were like discovering content together and like laughing about this together um so yeah I think it was I, I remember watching it in real time during that you know early 20s late teens era of my very weird life <laughs> mm-hmm. have you done rewatches since then or is it mostly been a kind of one and done annually of course yeah I'm actually when I was rewatching this episode for this obvious this recording uh I ended up watching like all the way through the end and I was like okay one Peyton go touch grass like go get some air um yeah I just forgot how deeply um tethered I was and still am to this to this show this this writing yeah it's really hard to not watch five episodes at a time like I need to make myself only watch one because otherwise I just don't know what we're talking about when we talk about it. I can, you know, go mm-hmm. off through the rest of the season, but they're just, they go down so easy, these episodes. Yeah. Were you immediately a fan or were you a little hesitant at first? Like, how did you, what was your evolving relationship with the show? Um, I think just because of my age and where I was at at that time, I was immediately a fan in terms of, I wasn't looking or consuming media culture through like a lens of a critic at that point in my life I mean don't get me wrong I am a Taurus I have an opinion on everything but like I do feel like at that point in time ironically I remember it feeling aspirational to me which is so different than the way I watch it now as like a grown bitch I'm like oh (laughs) oh, hell no like these would not be my girlies um as like you know a young early you know college student I think watching it at that point felt like something yeah to like aspire towards in terms of some of their not only just the writing of the show in general but again I think that was more of the back of my mind but um elements of like what their life looked like in Brooklyn and especially their apartments which I quickly realized were not feasible for the (laughs) job they had yeah 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 never no, it's kind of the one great lie of the show, honestly. Like, the only apartment that really feels realistic to what 
any sort of early mid-20s apartment actually feels like is that studio that Marnie lives in after she moves out of Hannah's place like that. <laughs> I still think about the the shower in the corner of the kitchen. Like it just it's it's heinous. It's just so heinous. It's but... a detail I only realized on the rewatch. Peyton, I love how you immediately in your face knew you're like, yep, I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> I actually needed a trigger warning before we brought up Marnie's studio apartment because that was actually the craziest, like two by two, but yes, realistic, like bedroom slash, you know, whatever it was it, with the wall. The wall was so, the wall is a character in itself on walls. The wall that Desi built, like mm-hmm. we, the wall that's... that Desi built. Yeah, with a little shelf. Oh, heaven. Yeah. <laughs> How so, do you think the show? Oh, sorry. Go take it away, Drew. Oh no, I was just gonna ask. How do you think the show holds up? Our next question. Um. Okay. Well, the thing about me, and I'm gonna make a like an example or a reference that I probably can't make in terms of I've never seen Sex in the City. It's my like my Achilles heel. It's the whole thing. Whatever. Um, I get constantly chewed out for it, but a part of me in the same way I say that, you know, I see these clips that will trend on TikTok or whatever that are like problematic. Um, I, the episode I only watched was a bisexual episode. And I do feel like in the same lens to a certain degree that I'm rewatching girls, it's definitely like the POV, my POV has changed and my understanding of what it's like to be a 20 somethings person in New York and Brooklyn specifically, you know, has obviously shifted how I watch the show, but I don't feel like I ever was going to girls to feel seen in a way, especially in like a black queer way. Like, and I was from the jump, like fine with that. Like I knew, I think for its time, like what it was and, um, you know, I remember there were like, how many think pieces were there about Lena Dunham's body? My God, like no new ideas, like let it go. But like, it's so funny to watch it now being like, yeah, I mean, I've seen those tits. I can draw those tits by memory. <laughs> <laughs> Tattoos, like my God, I, you know what I mean? I'm so, I'm so, it's so, I'm so used to it. Um, but I definitely think, you know, there are things that naturally, if this show were to come out now, would be so different because they're, my biggest red flag to anyone I know in Brooklyn is like if your friend group is all like white straight people or all white people like that's it's New York like that's yeah. that's a hate crime in itself like just existing <laughs> that is a hate crime like it's impossible not to know like anyone of color or anyone that's queer and I think um you know those things would naturally shift if it were to come out today but I think like I just lost energy trying to like do the debate of like what it served like it served its purpose for that time I think it just didn't grow with the times that it was moving within yeah Hannah um is or Hannah and her group of friends are definitely maybe Lena wants us to think that maybe she wants us to think like it's New York how do you not have a single like you know person of color in your friend group or a single queer friend you know, I'm, maybe it's self-aware. I'd like to think it is. Girls, yeah. though, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> has one black friend that she probably was like, "This is my black friend." Yeah, you know oh, that. You, yeah, like, that, does she, or you said that would be like yeah, the, that would exist. Like, I wouldn't yes. be. <laughs> I was like, wait, what did I miss? On no. <laughs> <watch>? <laughs> yeah, this show's always 
been way better at dealing with class than it is anything else like this was another good money episode I thought especially like we'll get to it but like Marnie and Desi talking about the attention economy and like you know like these like small benchmarks are to set for themselves just to feel like they're accomplishing something even when there's no like monetary gain to be had like definitely a lot more interesting in that respect um so what is your favorite girls episode um I think my favorite episode season five had a lot of hits for me um the ones I kind of go back to the most are probably the sexual assault episode that was like one of the one both two of my favorite episodes are one of the one-offs so the one that where Lena Dunham goes to or Hannah goes to the writer's um house that she wrote a critique piece about Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that actually happened yeah that one and I think like classic like beach house one is just so loud and true about like friendships that ebb and flow and change and like have lived that experience in so many ways have been offered to live that experience in so many ways and I'm like let's postpone this trip babes like I don't think it's gonna turn wanted to like or I just linked to the trailer of that episode being like I don't think this is our time but and then I think like you know I'm picking my big three sorry I know you asked one but um of course uh, I'm a Marnie apologist I will I have a badge I have a sweater we meet at Thursdays on seven like I am a Marnie apologist and I love her one-off episode what is it the something in Central Park oh the panic in Central Park yeah that is also a near air and dear episode to my heart and charlie not based on this episode but is so fine my goodness oh, my God. yeah um, yeah so those are, those are my big three yeah those are really good choices i mean beach house you you can't talk about favorites without talking about beach house but the choreo the choreo oh, yeah oh good I, I often forget about that episode. The first one you mentioned, though, when she visits the um, the writer's house mm-hmm. or the writer's apartment. I never think about that. I'm excited to rewatch that one. Yeah, I feel like season six, for whatever reason, has not gotten the same reevaluation that other parts of the show have. And mm-hmm. I'm so excited to get there because I remember really loving season six when it came out. And like, yeah, that that episode's definitely my favorite. I am so happy to hear, though, that you are a Marnie apologist. I feel like this season four squad of guests we've had have all been Marnie apologists, which makes me, as a Marnie apologist, feel very, like, safe and held. Um, That's great, great to hear. Do you identify with her as your favorite girl, too, or what? Even a little bit, no. But I do think that, and I feel like she's having, I've I've posted a bit on TikTok about, like, girls my my feelings on girls episodes specifically Jessa and specifically Marnie as like Jessa being someone that I went into it being like she's heaven she's who I want to be this is like I want to identify as Jessa that's not real you cannot identify as Jessa and if you do you are so not a Jessa Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what that would mean and then I think like as I got older or rewatching it now I'm like oh my god I'm Marnie and I so get like planning a dinner down to the tea and like (laughs) getting pissed when things are like it's so it's my Virgo rising but it's so funny to think about who I aspire towards or identified as or thought I was when I was younger and who (laughs) how that changed now and I think a lot of 
the people that grew up with the show are also are very much in that mindset because they're probably in their like late 20s early 30s and like having a totally different you know sense of self at this point um which is just yeah so funny to me I definitely I don't think she's my favorite but I do think she just got way too much heat <laughs> for me like honestly like Lord, I mean Shosh is my favorite for sure Shosh and I don't I as Shosh I wish I did I wish I was a Shosh especially like late like later season Shosh where she really comes into herself and is like fuck all y'all um but yeah I think Shosh is my favorite but Marnie I think deserves a lot more respect than we give her and then I mean yeah sorry wait what was the last thing you said and deserve more respect for that than the characters gave her as well like I needed Hannah to really like recognize like real recognize real like she's showing up she's always there like mm -hmm. she's she never had a job so of course she was always there too she was just like <laughs> you know she was good yeah I feel like this rewatch has been a lot of us and our guests appreciating Marnie and good you know, reappraising, because, I mean, I, Marnie is the, painted as the annoying one, painted as the type A kind of control freak, but she really is, like, she knows what she's talking about. When she knows, she knows. Yeah, yeah like, you kind of have to be a Marnie in some way, because Marnie's the only one of the core four that really adheres to any sort of order, like, even though that order is so misplaced <laughs> half the time, and especially this season, it's just, like, humiliation after humiliation. Like, she still has some sort of personal routine and code that, like, and I think she adopted it sooner than the other four that you kind of have to have to be a functioning adult. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, she was really in the trenches. Like, when once you're seeing a cover of Stronger, that's when you know it's time to, like, seek help, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so and I've been there, and I've been there. Let's talk about how to return. Like, I've heard <laughs> my version of singing stronger in the middle of a party. That is not about me, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Should we get into the episode itself? Yeah, I think we should. Honestly, I'm, I'm so glad we get another episode of Mimi Rose. I adore talking about Mimi Rose. I do not adore the character of Mimi Rose, but I, she's a rich tapestry uh, to expand on. Yeah. But okay, so last episode, um, Hannah returned from Iowa. She staged a sit-in in her apartment, which is now taken over by Adam and his new girlfriend, Mimi Rose Howard. And each girl visited and consoled Hannah in their own, you know, quirky ways. And Hannah eventually came to the conclusion that she needs to step away from Adam and kind of move on with her life. Um, so she goes to the storage facility where he put all her shit and he, she sleeps on the couch and then we're on to episode six. I feel, I feel really sad for Hannah. She's waking up alone and Adam is waking up next to gorgeous Mimi Rose. Mm -hmm. That's and that gorgeous apartment too. Oh, I am obsessed with her apartment. Yeah, the the bed, um, like high rise bed, heaven, heaven. Yeah. Oh my god. I of course she has that apartment. Also, like, how are you paying for that apartment? I just have questions. Yeah, I'm rounding up comes from money. You know, you can't be that level of an artist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's giving TED Talks or whatever it was. So, like, there's, there's something going on. Do those pay? 
don't know. In the cut, maybe. We'll see. Like, sure. yeah. <laughs> It is interesting to watch Adam do these kind of Hannah-y touches to her, though, like sneaking out of bed, like tucking her in, making breakfast, and just coddling her in a way that she clearly doesn't necessarily need, but is like down to play into the fantasy of like being taken care of like that. Yeah, and um, and I love like the juxtaposition of those opening shots of just like oh, this domesticity, like all this paradise. And then like Hannah losing her mind over, what was it like cereal that I've been eating? Which is again, been there, done that. (laughs) (laughs) Someone eating my cereal, roommate eating my cereal. Um, But just like so, so stark and so fun, the way they like illustrated the the difference between the two of their uh, emotional (laughs) places at that time. I love that. I mean, yeah, he, Adam's preparing this lovely breakfast for Mimi Rose that they eat outside. And then, like you said, Hannah's crying to Elijah because there's no more cinnamon toast crunch left. And mm-hmm. why didn't Mimi Rose and Adam just get their own cinnamon toast crunch and label it? <laughs> yeah. I love gay slob representation on TV. I feel very <laughs> seen by that. Um, yeah. It's just like Elijah walking around, like eating everyone's cereal, like just like scratching his balls everywhere. I was like, we don't get to see this that often. <laughs> so. Yeah, like truly one of my favorite characters, actually. And I recently I was talking to a friend doing the whole like, okay, who do you identify with? And then I was like, oh, wait, maybe there's a little Elijah in me that I haven't truly tapped into because I'm too caught up with, you know, the poor girlies that I'm not thinking about. Our, our supporting characters as well yeah. but yeah. love love me some Elijah for real <laughs> but, Elijah's yeah. the unsung hero of the show mm-hmm. like, oh yeah absolutely and like a very unfortunate hot take I have is that I or maybe it's not a hot take I don't know I just got some looks when I said this before which is like I thought the Elijah Marnie like hookup scene I know this is out of not on this episode I thought it was kind of hot sorry <laughs> sorry they do have really good chemistry with each other um and like I've said this on the show before too but like Marnie and Elijah together is one of my favorite stealth pairings on girls like whenever they get into little adventures and like have little asides like heaven heaven on me yeah I I really took it took it a step forward with the sex but you know what I mean I was I was let's go I um, you're, no you you're on to something there was there's something going on there mm-hmm. so what do you think about Mimi Rose as a character I think her name is absolute perfection I think there's a small note when they start getting into uh, you know I don't know if we're kind of going to go chronologically but like into the abortion aspect where uh Adam asks like who took you and she's like Sue Ellen Grace or whatever and I was like oh. <laughs> Sue Ellen, these hyphenated names that's so specifically like white, and I love that in a way that like is so rich in culture. <laughs> um, you know, part of me when we're introduced to her, you know, wanted to like her and I and and find that there was something underneath, but I think like in later episodes, I really am like, oh no, fuck her truly, and like the type of woman that she can be or embodies. But I do think um, it's so she's almost like a different type of Jessa to me in the way that when uh, Hannah's in therapy 
And the therapist was like, you know, she's a slim figure and a little button nose. And Hannah's like, what? I did not tell you those details. <laughs> um, which obviously leads us to believe that he must have Googled her or is just like really taking on the assumption of the, the person that she's painting. And she's kind of this, like uh, another, like a beta version of who Jessa is in that way of this kind of cool art, effortless girl who also has her life together mm-hmm. in some kind of way and can afford this apartment with a patio please good god and like um I think having (laughs) Hannah come back to that very specific type of person is so loud and clear and has happened to so many people being like oh this this girl that a man made up like this is not like it's like I love her so much but I I love that Sydney Sweeney reboots look at me I don't know tools I'm gay um (laughs) it's so like it's so authentic to her it's so true I, I don't mean to knock it at all but it's just like you know I think like I, everyone's like fuck like I'm not fucking rebuilding cars like my god and I don't look like that rebuilding cars but it feels in that nature of you know I I, I swear I'm a feminist but in that world of like of course she looks like this and her name is Mimi yeah. Rose it's all one word like it's, yeah it's it's I don't know. It, I think it really that. is like quintessential chick who can hang culture. <laughs> like it's a, uh, I, I also just, I love Gillian Jacobs, huge long time Gillian Jacobs fan. And like, I kind of forgot how good she was on this show. Like yeah. Yeah. let's get her in some more stuff too. Cause I feel like she just, she does a lot of really good guest parts these days, but like, where's the show? Yeah. Yeah. God, I love her. Do you have any, not to pivot too far off, but I'm curious for you two, do you have any favorite cameos? Because there's so much for how many. Oh, amazing question. Sorry, not to, not to turn the tables on you. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, I think honestly, Chris O'Dowd as Thomas John is so funny. He's so perfect for the role. I I, I don't know if that's a cameo though, because he's a recurring character, but yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's good he's good I think in terms of like stuff that's coming up I really love Riz Ahmed as the surf instructor um whose role we will not spoil but um he's so good on this show and like this show in general we've talked about that is so good at picking out guest stars um and like I is Zachary Quinto's coming up next episode, I'm pretty sure, like as Mimi Rose's ex. Like this show casts phenomenally. Yeah. Yeah. God. I forgot his name, but absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Girl, if I'm ever writing a show, Riz is the first one I'm trying to cast as my lover. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, right. I feel like Jemima Kirk, actually. But um, yeah, love, love, love them. So my favorite scene of the episode was when Shosh was interviewing at the like cup of noodles startup <laughs> with another great piece of casting Jason Ritter who I love um this Harvard alum dudes named Scott wait who... and it's it's called it's a Tinsley it's called Tinsley or something named after his girlfriend or his ex yeah <laughs> Madam Tinsley's it's it is a bad name terrible for name for a cup of noodle like yeah. it, there's nothing there's no no makes no sense I'll trust Madame Dinsley with my life whoever, whoever she is I would not trust her at all 
I was really distracted by the names Tinsley and Scott. I'm sure there are a lot of listeners out there who are big Real Housewives of New York fans, but like to hear Tinsley Mortimer and Scott Kluth's name invoked in this like cup of noodle scenario, I like couldn't tell if it was intentional and I tried to align the timelines to see if this was a reference, but I don't think it was just like really randomly chosen names. Yeah, yeah. So, so funny. I wish it was. They work together though. I, I feel like it wasn't a reference, but the fact that they line up makes sense. Yeah. Just spiritually. Um, but I love Shosh immediately is like, I hate the name, and says that uh it's the noodles are old rice that smell like Badusi. <laughs> he doesn't know what that is. I, I've never heard that term, admittedly. And um, it does mean butt, dick, and pussy. So she's yeah. not getting the job, obviously. <laughs> the people's princess. We really love Shoshin this house. She is such a forward thinker. Like, introducing <laughs> new terminology to the lexicon, um, rocking a bob, like, it's... She kind of gagged a little bit, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Coming for a gig. <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god i i did really love her saying wow a harvard alum such an exciting story do you mind if i write about it for holy shit magazine <laughs> like i mean she really has a way with words like they yeah. should have hired her or he should have hired her yeah but i do love like what like the kind of man that they him and um it's this hannah's future partner that comes up which i don't or I don't, I don't want to spoil things, but one of Hannah's future partners, I'll just say that, is this kind of guy that's just such a nice, boring guy. And like how good uh, Lena is at writing that kind of character. Like, cause at the end of the day, like he's fine. Like they're just yeah. like dudes, like they're dudes that are fine, you know? <laughs> and um, how, you know, uninteresting that is to, to these characters who are really dynamic women, especially Shosh, like she's already, you know, coming in hot with ideas. That's what I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I, would you or think her? <laughs> I do like how she tanked this interview from the jump too. Like one thing about her, like she may not know how to approach situations, but she knows when she's in a bad one. And yeah. obviously like working at a cup of noodles startup, working at like a, a cashmere agency or whatever, like those aren't going to be good roles for her and they're not going to fit her plan. But like, even if she burns bridges in the process, she knows she's not supposed to be there. And like things do work out professionally for her just because she inadvertently plays the long game. Like forward thinker. I just, I, I'm constantly impressed by her. <laughs> always oh my god yeah I love that I I find it like of course he asks her on a date I think it's they they, they're such a couple that would date for like six months and then never speak again that's exactly what we all including them needed just (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we cannot talk about this episode without talking about Marnie and Desi having sex to their own Mm. Oh, I know. And yet again, I'm like, don't knock it till you try it because I think I would. <laughs> I'm kind of very pro them having sex with their own song. And I think 
I'm like, you know what? If I was in the situation, I might fuck around and see if that fits too for me. I don't know. <laughs> You're, romantic. You're romantic and a Marnie apologist. Yeah. I love it. No, yeah. I, I, you can't knock it. The thing I was really upset by in this scene was the way she was like straddling his lap face down on the bed. No human being on earth has ever sat like that and worked on a laptop at the same time. Like, <laughs> that, like you might as well be doing yoga. <laughs> like my back would be on fire doing that. How like, can you say so much? Yeah, like how, just the, how can you say so much with a single pose? Yeah, Like it said everything. It is. It was cringe. It was cringe personified model formation. There was this one line that I was like, this is so Marnie coded, which was she in that in that position, that horror position, stepping on her computer, talking about her 100 downloads. Good God, we got to dream bigger. (laughs) Um, He starts kind of touching her a little bit more sexually, obviously while they're in that position. And she kind of pushes him back and goes, we already did it. I was like, he's a genius. That's so, I'm just like the laziest person in bed. So I like love the idea of being like, oh no, we did that. (laughs) It's like a checklist. Like she's so, that's why I was like, Libra? I don't know. I feel like she's secretly, maybe it's a writer doing something of like a capital go by, but. (laughs) I, I love that. I didn't catch that line, but it is perfect. So loud. loud. I was like, <laughs> well, I mean, she's in full business mode. She's like, um, indie music's are indie music blogs are where it's all happening. Like that's how she's gonna get famous, like through traditional media. Yeah, I like what indie music blogs are writing about. What what's their band called again? Is it just Marnie and Desi? I think it's just Marnie yeah. and Desi. Like, who's writing about Marnie and Desi? I guess like us right now. We talking about it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> The biggest laugh of the episode for me were the list of song titles that they rattled <laughs> off. Um, Julia, do you want oh to read them? I think you have them all down. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to read them. I'm going to read them. And we have to tag ourselves. I already know which I am. Okay. Song titles include, okay, well, the one they are having sex to is called Close Up, um, which is just, there's close up, close up, close up. Uh, obviously, Marnie wrote it. Mm-hmm. The other song titles are Rattlesnake Cowgirl, Whoa Wah Wonderful, Songs for Marcus Garvey, Heart Heart for Sale, Oaxaca Blues, and what's this last one that you wrote down? (laughs) Cocapelli (laughs) Shelly. You know that like dancing flute guy? Have you ever seen that figure? He's like, yes. like that's Cocapelli. Yeah. Okay, that <laughs> is Shelley. so funny. I didn't know there was a name for that character. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> my ass thought it was Coco Belly Shelley. So no, it's I think it's like a new Mexican indigenous thing. Like it's so classic for these clowns. Ada have a song called song for Marcus Garvey, which I would love to hear if they ever do. Right after Oaxaca Blues, it would be next to Oh my god. Um, if I had to tag myself, though, I'd have to be Cocapelli Shelley. Like, it's just, it's <laughs> unquestionable. Peyton, who are you? Oh, I'm song for Marcus Garvey. Are you kidding me? I have to hear that track. <laughs> 
I think I'm I'm rattlesnake cowgirl. I thought you were gonna say rattlesnake cowgirl, Peyton, but respect. <laughs> that's my moon. That's my moon. You know, okay. that's where I come back to. But <laughs> God, and the way he the the way he delivers those lines, he like knew exactly what he was doing when he was like, oh, <laughs> I got it. We're good. I got it. I got it. So one take. Um, but you know, I think like that. The the song titles are so loud. The um comparison to she and him and that like derailing the whole conversation is. Mm-hmm like it's just so important it's so telling I I think like their relationship is truly one of my favorites because of how well thought out it is like it's it's so specific (laughs) so toxic I love it (laughs) yeah like two people who on paper are so similar but are just so fundamentally misaligned that they can never like they just don't get it I thought he was being such a dick about she and him though like as a as a fan of she and him and they're like early period and a long time Zoe Deschanel apologist. Like this, it felt pointed to me and I, I didn't like his tone very much. I was no. like concerned of like, of course, I, I wish I did the research of like what the timeline would be on this of when, because I feel like she and him had a huge moment, obviously, especially after, um, what was 500 Days of Summer? Mm-hmm. You know, her like peak of like indie girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to like see what the timing would have been if she and him at that point, like liking him culturally in the, like the zeitgeist, like if liking she and him was like a specific Marnie trait that's like, oh, she held on to she and him versus Ooh. like, because I love she and him, but I stopped listening to she and him kind of. Like, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm curious of how that like lines up, which is so funny. We'll have to add that in post. That's a really good point. Yeah. So we cut back to Adam and Mimi Rose. And this is when Mimi Rose brings up the abortion because she can't, she mentioned she can't go for a run because she had it. She's like, sneak it in. Like, I mean, her in her like sky blue pajama set, just mm -hmm. very casually, you know, just saying, quote unquote, just a couple things I can't do because I had an abortion yesterday. Put a tampon in, go for a run, take it. I don't know if. I don't remember the other ones, but um, yeah, she's has these very strong boundaries and she is not letting them down for Adam. She doesn't, Adam asks how many abortions she's had. And she says, I'm not going to tell you that. Um, we, we alluded to this earlier. He asks who even went with her to the abortion and what's the name again? Like Sue Ellen Grace. It's like literally. Yeah. <sighs> Wait, and she's a sonambulist. Yeah, okay, which is not a profession, by the way. That just is a fancy word for sleepwalker. Oh my god. That's not a job. <laughs> sure. I didn't I didn't even stop to think about whatever that is. I was like, that's something that I've never <laughs> found out. I don't even be able to afford to find out what that is, but that's even more hysterical than just being sleepwalker. <laughs> yeah, I she just kind of clowns on him and says, like what are we going to do? Have a baby and put it in your toolbox and tell him you don't know my middle name. He was like way too, very Adam response in, in, you know, all of his big feelings. Um, but I do think like to a certain degree, she was like, in what world are we going to make that work? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure she's like had pants that lasted longer than her relationship with him. Like, I don't know. I just felt like, that was really 
I, I appreciated that aspect of her. I mean, the way she just casually dropped it is a very different thing, but I loved that she was like, babe, like, be fucking for real. Like, yeah. I was surprised she didn't walk out after the, um, like, the table shoving, like, toolbox to the floor shoving. Like, that does not really seem like the kind of shit that Mimi Rose Howard puts up with. Um, as, and it also felt like very old Adam, too. Like, one of the nice things about beginning of season three onward is how much we see him grow and tamp down and work on his rage issues and this very much was like a regression to early season yeah Yeah, I feel like Adam I mean it's interesting to see him be intimate with MRH because she is someone who like you know really has her shit together apparently um and he's (laughs) yeah allegedly I mean, she's, I don't know. I I was also surprised she didn't walk out immediately, but I'm also not because she is the type of girl that just say, you clearly need some time to cool off, you know, like will not let it get to her for some reason. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I loved the scene in the therapist's office too. Um, I just, I always love Hannah with her therapist in general, but like we touched on earlier how he like idealizes Mimi Rose as like this slim, fascinating woman with a pinched nose. Um, And he says that Hannah's behaving magnanimously given that her life has completely fallen to shit over the span of seven weeks. Yeah, I, she, I don't know, I don't, quite remember how she comes to the conclusion but she she says that writing she's not sure if writing was really fulfilling and then she realizes she might actually want to quote unquote help people like she doesn't know what that means really but I love just a rainbow generalization of help people, yeah you know for sure and the way that he like is clearly about therapist but the way he was <laughs> like you're kind of eating this up girl like you are that's the part I've never heard <laughs> I'm like she sounds like a child to be like I'm actually gonna just help people yeah so yeah I'm pivoting to helping people (laughs) in a way it's just as narcissistic as the writing like she's just trying to make a mark or an impact in another sector but now she's like sharing it outwards with everyone which is like ego wise better I don't know like I teach (laughs) yeah It's funny to watch all the girls and Elijah clock her at brunch, though, for being oh <laughs> just like a pathological narcissist. Like, uh, I think Adam says, well, he says you're like the most selfish person I know. I don't think you'd share a Kit Kat. <laughs> and Marnie reveals that uh, she oh, kept God. the fire extinguisher in her room when they lived together, just in case she needed to get to it. <laughs> That's crazy did what i had to do i love i love a survival tactic though good for her but mm-hmm. I honestly one of the funniest parts to me during that scene was just jess's face the whole time and what she makes a concerted effort to endorse like while she's eating like nodding while show she's talking about just becoming a housewife and marrying mm-hmm. Mad- marrying into the madam tinsley uh <laughs> um and jess was like chewing like period yep that's really smart and then being like her just it's just these small decisions that she Jemima Kirk made with her face that I think are so 
fun and and telling of Jess's character and the things that she randomly co-signs and chooses to align with yeah. are so funny to me. I think she knows she's on thin ice too from that introducing Adam to Mimi Rose scenario. So she's just, she's laying low. She's <laughs> she's just smiling and nodding like. Yeah. Um, Elijah suggesting that Hannah get a job in ice capades, clog modeling, being a school marm, <laughs> or being a girl who gets killed in a Lifetime movie. Another contender for biggest laugh of the episode. So cool. I mean, clog model is, is clog model and school <laughs> model. Clog model feels like inherently queer, and I love that. I was like, oh, yeah. I see that. I feel like that's something she'd explore. But, yeah. yeah. As as a clog enthusiast myself, that actually seemed like a fun job. <laughs> I'm If people are hiring, like, I'll go to Fluvog right, or whatever. Right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. I'm walking Prada and Birkenstock in the fall. <laughs> That's my 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 gig. Um, but she does get the idea to become a teacher, which sets us up for kind of the next great phase of the show. Um, I forgot that this is how she happened on it too. So it was mm-hmm. nice to see it play out in real time. Um, oh yeah, wait. So Ray is on his little adventure during all this too. Right. Presenting, yeah. what's he presenting? Like a city hall diorama? Yeah. I mean, he's been upset about all the honking on his block. And I don't know what this diorama is showing, but I assume some way to stop it. Maybe a stop sign. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, was it a street light issue? The thing is, I. Hate Ray. Oh, <laughs> and this was really straightforward for me in my palette. I was like, oh, look, we're getting heavy Ray. Um, <laughs> and so I'm just not, I think I, from the, I've never really liked him that much. And I think when, I think he has fun one liners and he works in the group setting, but him on a solo journey, I honestly felt like I never needed and I, or never needed as much depth as we got sometimes. And I think for him, I always thought it was really weird that he who was older than the general group and especially the show she was younger than the general group like that happening mm-hmm. I was not for it and I also was like my dude like get up like these are kids like go do something yeah. like, you know? <laughs> but I mean you know we love like a I don't know curmudgeoning like old fart and I think that's mm-hmm. very it's very New York in a lot of ways which is really fun but I sometimes like got got over his attitude <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but yeah I can partner with other people and I like to in group settings but him solo I kind of like yeah he and Shosh together are some of the best scenes that the show does period but like I was so tuned out for most of this plot line except for Mark Marin is so hot I'm sorry <laughs> like he just is it's like it I just there is just something about him I've always thought he's really hot but like yeah. him on that like I don't know it just the, the the context of the board meeting I was like that's the chairman of the board and I was really attracted to Mark Marin. I'm sorry it just was so. I, I did light up when I saw him yeah it made me pay a little attention to this storyline that I had no interest in yeah yeah, yeah. 
well, this is a safe space considering I opened up being like, I love that Marnie and Desi are having sex for each other. So like, <laughs> we're on the floor here. Yeah, we are all, <laughs> we are all God's children. It is fine. <laughs> the last scene of Adam and Mimi Rose, like, coming to some sort of, like, silent agreement in the alley i don't know i didn't this was this architecture confused me but um <laughs> i thought the first sign to me that mimi rose is not quite right is that she's just wearing her pajamas underneath a bomber jacket that does not speak to mental wellness to me <laughs> and i'm curious to hear what y'all think okay that's an amazing point okay peyton i want you to go first i need to i need to sit on this yeah, I think there were bits of that. I mean, I am not pro, I'm pro loungewear in public. I'm not pro pajamas in public. I also mm-hmm. remember my instinct that was like, oh my God, did I forget that she's a nurse or is she doing nurse activities? Because like, it looks <laughs> like nurse activities. What the, what is <laughs> um, Drawing blood? <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore. But I do think like, um, so the aesthetics, I'm very, I agree um, there, but I do think the conversation that they have didn't land for me. And it felt like very, um, and maybe this was intentional. I think it was because of how things, you know, as we won't spoil things, but how things end up, it felt like a therapy talk in the way that people kind of use now and the way they're like, oh, you like learned a word and now you're just kind of repeating it or you didn't even learn it, you heard it. Um, because I don't feel like there was a lot of genuine um emotion behind Mimi Rose in terms of her kind of dying on this hill of like I don't need you but I like having you around and that's like not the base of like what a strong relationship is built (laughs) it was like we're vibing you can be here if you want like that's maybe not the right I don't know um language but it is very Mimi Rose language you know that works for her of, of how she communicated that with with Adam so I I remember I feel like when I saw that scene originally I thought it was so like adult and mature and she's just a woman like owning herself and like you know it's so empowering and then I kind of reheard it back and I was like oh this actually seems a little annoying <laughs> but um yeah that's where I landed what about you Julia? <laughs> um well for the pajamas, it makes so much sense for her because you know those pajamas are like really expensive and kind of advertised as wear anywhere pajamas, like fashion pajamas. Um, and I don't support it, but I do believe it. I I feel like the conversation they have is so rom-commy. Like he says, I need my butcher more than you need me. It's just all these kind of weird, cheesy one-liners. But I do, I think you're right that Mimi Rose is so emotionally detached. And I think she thinks that's her superpower, but I think it's just um, not, doesn't make for a real relationship, but we'll find that out. Yeah. I kind of don't know what we're supposed to make of this, honestly, because the Hannah Adam relationship was so codependent that I'm not, I get that he's kind of, borderline overreacting to her making an autonomous decision for herself but like y'all said she's very annoying about it (laughs) like 
basket of flowers pajamas on the sidewalk like I don't know mm-hmm. monitoring the situation yeah. there um <laughs> watch the space yeah <laughs> yeah and then the episode ends with Hannah walking into a school for her interview or like the next day of her or the first day of her job like the school yeah yeah and and adam is tucking in mimi rose like he like she said she likes so they're still together yeah in the way that she likes even that i'm like oh Uh, yeah (laughs) um okay so i guess we should move on to our final segments um the first question we ask is which girl are you in this episode and girl is broad. Girl can be any character, but we're, we're using the gender neutral girl. Yes, yeah, the gender neutral girl. Um, in this episode, I feel like, I don't know, maybe where I'm at now is very chose. Um, I'm always aspiring towards chose, but I do think like in a time to be like, I'm gonna tell you straight and I'm not gonna beat around the bush. And like, here's how I feel. Um, so I'd like to think I'm in that, era of like I don't know maybe because I'm going through my Saturn return that I'm just saying like fuck no do a lot more things um but yeah so I, I'm, a, I'm a show this this episode I think I had a rare Hannah episode for me um as someone who is very possessive about food and has a lot of like misplaced altruism and probably subscribes mistakenly to the belief that like a new job will fix everything in my life um that three-way combo really hit home for me today Love. yeah honestly I'm Peyton I'm pretty much a Hannah through and through regrettably but I I, I did feel Hannah sad about her cereal I also felt Hannah when she's kind of just letting her friends tell her what she is and what she should do and just you know saying yeah no you're right that that works all right <laughs> school stopping your next life decision yeah mm-hmm. love that idea. <laughs> yeah just kind of giving over like yeah they know better I have no idea I guess I'll be a teacher <laughs> like I can't do so I'll teach yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect we also love to do a little end of episode fit check checking in on our favorite, least favorite, most alarming outfit of the episode. Oh my God, I wish I paid more attention to what, well, honestly, now that we're talking about it, maybe the Mimi Rose outfit with the, what I literally thought were scrubs. Like I didn't even, I in <laughs> pajamas. I thought they were scrubs. And in my head, I was like, okay, she's not a nurse. But then I was like, but she would, maybe that's like a weird, like the way like a lot of, like I knew these rich kids growing up that would love to steal bowling shoes. Oh my god! And it was so like this person gets paid like ten ninety nine an hour to like chase you for these shoes. Like, don't do this. Like, yeah. in that territory of like, does she like body a nurse and then take her? Like, who knows? But um, anyway, that outfit was um, definitely a little notable, noteworthy. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's probably a good one, but maybe it's just fresh in my memory because we just talked about it. No, that's that's also what I said. I couldn't recall a single other outfit because her blue pjs just ring so clear in my mind loud 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 yeah outside the pjs the only two that really stuck out to me were elijah's gay slob briefs like felt scene and then 
for once Hannah looked really nice at the end of the episode when she's walking into the school I thought that dress was very pretty oh so we'll give it to give it to her there for one one time (laughs) like season four has been her rock bottom for fashion so it was nice to see her pivot out however briefly yeah I don't know Um, if she's And then the last segment, who is the MVP and the LVP of the episode? What is LVP? Like like least valuable? Yeah, oh yeah, least valuable player. It's either least valuable player or Lisa Vanderpump, like depending on who you ask. So there's only two, and those are the only um Ray sorry Ray Ray is my LVP mm-hmm. um actually I mean as much as I admired his little like tan speech as they called it a tantrum oops but maybe that's just my bias and I'm okay with it being my bias um MVP is I I probably I would say Shosh because she like yes like fumbled a bag but she did bag a date and you know I think that's powerful i think women women's powers are are endless in the way totally yeah spoke her mind didn't get a job didn't get a date love yeah i think my mvp for once hannah again i think she figured it out pretty well for herself this episode um her therapy session was not great but I think she's she has some forward momentum and maybe I just have a really low bar with her but like she made it work for her LVP once again as it will be every episode until panic in Central Park uh Marnie this just uh, uh another humiliation I almost um, said Marnie as my MVP just for having sex her own music and wow. she got she got 100 downloads <laughs> <laughs> You gotta take the win. You gotta take the win. You, win. you know, <laughs> I okay. I also have Marnie as LVP, honestly. But I, I we were Marnie apologists in this group, and y'all are dogging my girl. <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, now that I think about it again, at no, it's still Marnie, it's still Marnie, yeah, yeah. and it's- I just. It's hard not to pick her. <laughs> just, it's always hard not to pick her. She flops, you know? And I think that's why we, you know, once you get to the end of it, but, you know, she, she, she flops kind of hard for a while. And, like, I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, but ladies and fellas and everyone, everyone, this is what a bad man does to you. He weighs you down and he makes you the LVP of your own life until you yes. figure out how to get out of it. Because Desi truly is such a dud. It's it's impossible to be anything but LVP with him. Actually, he's the LVP. Wait, oh my God, look at us. We are, we are bad feminists. Wait, okay. We solved it. <laughs> I can't believe we just had a feminist breakthrough. Blaming Marnie for weeks. And it's Desi's been the problem this whole time. Oh no. Okay, we all need to sit with that tonight. I'll say it. Okay. (laughs) This is huge. I 
All right, LVP's Desi. And, uh, I, you know what? Marnie's crawling in there. Just because we did what we just did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because of our therapy session, Marnie is, I'm giving it to Marnie this week. I was going to give it to Mimi Rose Howard because I was a little confused and she tricked me. Yeah. She tricked me into thinking her boundaries are like a impressive sense of independence, but I, I don't know. I don't know about that anymore. <laughs> I'm good I- I do want to stick up for Mimi Rose a little bit. They have only been dating for seven weeks. Like, I don't, I'm not being like fully vulnerable with people after like six months, much less seven weeks. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Adam had some, he has not only high expectations, but also uh, this famous word called trauma. (laughs) 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 It's a show about trauma. uh, (laughs) It's a show about trauma. Man, I cannot believe I I would like to issue a recti- retroactive apology to Marnie Michaels for, for demeaning her, genuinely trashing her. Yeah, wait, and our all of our faces when we got to that realization was like, oh, like <laughs> the patriarchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're the problem. We're the problem. Yeah, we're not misogynists. We're just haters. <laughs> that's that's where we have the. I'm actually fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at peace with that too. Um, as if I didn't <laughs> spend like literally four hours last Monday night tweeting about the Met Gall and <laughs> everyone's appearance. It's like I have no no like to stand on whatsoever. Um you're not a hater, you're a critic. And that's yeah. Beautiful. That's yeah. like that's beautiful. Peyton, thank you so much for being here. You have changed the game, you've clarified things for us, and we are forever grateful. Oh my god, I wish that this was the highlight of my entire day and my probably my week. And uh thank you so much for having me. Wow. I, I really can't believe the we kinda we got out there being in some ways here. We kind of work something oh, yeah. as people <laughs> generally. So I'm glad I'm glad we got Yeah, but thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. Uh where can people find you on social media if you'd like to be found? Yeah, if you'd like to be found, that's a great clarification. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, can find me on instagram at peyton Diggs or on twitter at Diggs peyton or on tiktok you may not want to find me there but if you decide to get into some girls content there's plenty of it um, at homo honey zero (laughs) all right well this was so much fun and we will see everyone next week for another great episode Bye. bye